Morning, Adam. While you're sorting your pop filter out, Morning, we have a, another question from uh, a previous questionnaire, Adam P, or Adam PW, if it's a double barrel. Do you want to jump straight in? Or do you want to... No, I'm ready. I just want to... <laughs> you, you look ready, clearly. Um, so, it's... <clears throat> Next question, gents. Niching versus breadth of market. I'm keen to know what your definition of tradesman covers. Is there a base product, and in brackets MVP, that could work for non-standard trades, even without the offering of signed forms, etc., but from your automated calendar slash reminder system for them slash their customers? Thinking chimney sweeps, window cleaners, uh, mechanics, most time, <laughs> most MOT time especially. How far do you niche down? or test smaller, less competitive markets. Quite a lot to drink in there, and I yeah. can tell with your uh, bleary-eyed look. So, we can, just let, to be let, really, me t- let me turn the screen so just you to be can really honest. No, I think question. I got it. Just to be really honest with everyone listening, um, we've had a small hiatus because last week it was <laughs> Harry Stagdu, and yeah. we... Um, Which I've just recovered from, by the way. I'm, I'm doing a bit better than you. But yeah, okay, so Adam asked a question. So it started off with niching down versus breadth of market yeah okay zero winning i guess and then he goes into um having an mvp for different types of trades Mm -hmm. okay so let me tackle niching versus breadth of market i think depending on what sort of business you want to end up with depends on what size market you need to be servicing so for us we're looking to build a large scalable business um and you're going you're gonna to struggle to build a 10, 50, 100-man company, woman company, whatever you want to say, um, when you're focusing on a really small niche market that doesn't have lots of cash to spend on your product. So you can either sell to a million people at a pound a piece. <laughs> Sorry, I could just see you supporting that pop filter. It's happening right now, man. Um, you can either sell to a million people at a pound a piece or sell one large contract to one person at a million mm-hmm. quid, and there'll be the scope in between. And rather than saying you should niche down or you should go for a large market, you need to decide what sort of business you want to run. So we've mentioned it before. If you want to run a lifestyle business, then the size of your market isn't that relevant because any product that you build, there will be enough customers to build a a kind of a good lifestyle for yourself that's a bit soft enough cash. If you're looking to support a 100-man company, then obviously the market size, you really need to take consideration. So you do need a large market to service. Having said that, you don't need to go into the market and try and beat everything to everyone from day one. What you need to do is kind of, he mentions the words MVP, um, and that's minimum viable product. So what this is talking about, this is having this, the lowest, the easiest build product that solves the pain point you're trying to solve to validate the solution. So this is basically saying, for us, for example, is tradesmen struggle with their admin, so we created a free app 18 months ago to do basic quotes and invoices. Didn't have any of the extra features. And we discovered that this is something that they wanted to use. That was our MVP. That's what actually resulted in us building on top of that to turn it into a full product. Um, so to answer the kind of niche versus breadth, always ask yourself what sort of business you want to run. And then regardless of what you want to do, if you want to run a lifestyle business, then don't think about the market size too much. Think about the solution you're trying to build and who you want to be working with for the long term. If you're trying to build a large scalable business, um, obviously take market size into consideration, but 
heavily still focus on a specific type of customer. So an example for us would be we have 20, 22 different trade groups on expert trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ranges from everyone from a carpet cleaner all the way through to a heating engineer and a landscaper to a locksmith. Um, and off the back of that, there's a lot of different problems in the market for each one of these people. Um, some people will need measuring calculators for quoting and some people will need to sign forms for certificates. So rather than trying to be everyone, everything to everyone, we looked at the most active users in our community and said, okay, how can we be everything to this selection of people, this one specific trade group? It doesn't mean we don't service the rest of them. It just means at the moment we want to validate that we can prove that we are going to be something that's really useful for this core group of people. So we built, um, so a heating engineer, for example, in the UK has to sign documents. Off the back of that, we built a tool that allows them to digitize that and do it in the app. So that was specific for heating engineers for us. Um, So that was our MVP to test, can we be something more than a casual app that does quotes for heating engineers because we wanted to be everything to them in their pocket. If this is working, and it doesn't mean we're going to stop there, it means that what's the next most active trade group that we can build this tool set for that we can then add extra value in. Um, so I would say we're niching down in each one of our service groups that we, we work with, but at the end goal, we want to become the go-to player in the market for all trades professionals. Yeah, well, it... <clears throat> I'm sure we've mentioned it before, but it's we, when you've got when when you've got any large task that you're trying to achieve, the key is to breaking it all down into small, manageable chunks. And, that, and this is essentially what it is. We've niched down to heating engineers because that's our largest group, yep. and it will kind of solve a lot of problems. And from there, we're just gonna just tick it, tick off the boxes basically. To exactly. Keep adding, keep growing, and keep getting better. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's largely down to the fact that. When you're building a new product and he says MVP and it's a really good term to use is because you're not going to go to market with a product that's right straight away. Mm. So you need feedback. But if you're building a solution that's really tailored towards electricians and one part of it's tailored towards locksmith and another part of it's tailored towards landscapers, yeah. it's going to be really difficult to get like constant feedback across a, a large number of people that it's actually relevant feedback. You and can't that, just have one locksmith and he goes, this is rubbish because yeah. that guy might just be rubbish <clears throat> at tech or not have a bloody smartphone or yeah. whatever it is. And where do you focus all of your efforts if you're trying to spin a lot of plays at the same time? Exactly. Um, and that's something we've previously struggled with in the past. We try and balance too many plates yeah, to the point today actually we've hired out a room get out of the office and the whole team is going to go and sit down do a strategy meeting all day yeah. just to sort of reset where our focus is to make sure that we're doing the right thing at the right time um, what was the second part of this question Harry? Well, the screen's gone uh, mm-hmm. so it, it's just kind of is referring to so how far do you niche down or test smaller less competitive markets so I guess I'm imagining what it's saying there is you I don't know how pinpoint do you go how small yeah, okay. do you focus on okay well, so we, we've obviously chosen heat and engineers but that, I guess we kind of we base that on the size of our user base we have we had the luxury of already having a pre-established user base before mm. we rolled this product out which gave us um it gave us a lot easier decision so i guess if you're a new company wanting to come up with a product or a service how i guess the question is is how niche do you go yeah i don't think there's there's definitely not an easy answer for this 
But I also think that the biggest problem that I see in the market when people come up with a product is they don't go and speak to the person that's going to use it. And they just, they see a problem and they believe they can fix it. They might be a, a dev, they think they can fix it with tech, but they might not understand the surrounding issues around that problem. So it could literally be go and find five people. And you might think, five, I need 5,000 to make this a, a successful business. Yeah. But if you can go and find five people that will help you develop the service to make it right for those five, turn them into brand advocates, so you get and all their feedback and opinions into the app or whatever you're building, and then go and scale it to market. Those five people are going to be the best thing you ever do, and they're going to save you so much time and money in the long run. In terms of like how small market size should you go after, the only thing I can say, and I kind of said it at the beginning, is it depends on the revenue you need this thing to make. Mm. Like if you're selling a service that's £100 a month, for example, uh, and you need to make 5 k a month, then you know you need 50 customers. So if the market size has 5,000 potential customers, you've got a good shot if you've got a good product. If you're trying to sell to, I don't know, people that have moved from the US to Birmingham and got a job in a startup and can't do sales but can do web design, well, I only know one of those people and he's in our team and it's Matthew Ford. If that's your target market of one, then you're going to struggle. So it's kind of like you just need to look at what the end goal is and then reverse engineer it is the best advice I can give. So you might be saying that you want to build a scalable business and if that's the case, then you need to reverse engineer what that looks like and see what the market can be. And and don't forget, like the market that you tackle in day one can always expand. And I'm not saying that you should lose your focus, but for example, if we decided, so if we started all over again and I said, uh, okay, we, will, we see this massive problem and pain point in the market. So trades getting found online, doing admin, um, they just want to be on the tool. So let's fix it. But we can't fix it for every 22 trade groups. Let's just do it for a trade group. We don't know what we would have picked because we don't have any community. We might have said, okay, we're going to do it for locksmiths. We could have built this for locksmiths and made it a really fantastic tool and then said, great, we've got this thing. 80% of it's relevant to this other trade group. So let's do that and then move into different markets that way. Or you just move vertically. So here's our quoting and invoicing tool, for example. The next thing they need to do is accounting. So just build a layer on top of that and add more value in. There's certain things that you can do once you've got traction and you've got a community of users and you can say, okay, guys, you know, like, and trust us. How can we add more value through our product? So don't, there's all these weird dynamics that take place in respect to it, but it all comes down to what size business do you want to run in the end? So, so in that, would you say you should kind of keep in the back of your mind the the potential or the, or should you always keep in mind that you're going to add and improve and adjust? Like, do you keep options open in the future? Is like, is that a thought okay. now, or is that something that you can think after the fact? Like, can you bolt on? Yeah, I down don't. The line? I don't think it's. I think it's just the way you word it to yourself that will be dangerous. I think if you think there's, I'm always going to be adding new things, or what else can I move into in the future? Then it's going to feel like a distraction. Whereas if you flip it on its head a little bit and say. I want to understand my customer's pain regardless of what it is. Mm. And then if anything comes into play that I think I can fix alongside my products or services, then I'm going to tackle it. Rather than saying, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff in the future, just be so close to your customer base that they know that 
oh, uh, let me speak to expert trades about this to see if they've got a solution or just go and spend time with them. And over time, you'll hear certain things that are annoying them and you can go, actually, we could probably fix that and then go and build it. Um, it all comes down to the relationship you've got with your users. And that's why I'm saying these first five, like the, the best thing for me if we started again would be for me to go and sit with a heating engineer for a day five different heat engineers and go and sit with them in a van all day and see how they interact with customers from waking up in the morning to go and sleep at night like what are they having to do and then working out how I can fit into that that's the sort of thing that you need to be doing with the initial MVP product and just testing stuff cool that's good I think we covered that yeah yeah really that was a really good question cool